guests today are John Bunsell and Nick Dufell. They both um, wrote a book together called The Simple Solution. Simply put, simple is a new and one could say world-centric approach to dealing with world's problems. That is a new way about how the nation states could find a new way of cooperating that is um, beneficial for everybody. But the most vital point here is that it's all in the hands of the voters. That is you, basically. So I think that everybody who considers himself an ethical or world-centric thinking person should sign up to Simple and make his vote count because um, it's a pretty simple process. I will put up um, the corresponding link to the Simple initiative in the description as well as a little video which describes um, simple in a very easy way so anyhow i hope um, you will enjoy this conversation i think this was a very enlightening one please comment and please share i hope you are well see you soon so i've i've just read your new book you both wrote the simple solution when, when did it came out? Uh, it came out in the UK uh, last year, in about, about this time last year. And just last week, it's come out in the US edition um, in, in the United States and Canada. Nice. With a slightly different cover. And you know, some small changes to the text, but not, not much. So, uh, yeah, we, we have our fingers crossed, but nice. okay. who knows? <laughs> Would you elaborate or tell us a little bit about where, um, who you are and where you're coming from and, and how do you get to this kind of topic? How did you develop this kind of thought and who you are? And uh, Nick, do you want to go first? Or? No, no, it doesn't make sense if I go first. No, I think you're right. you, you go first. Yes, you're, you're quite right. Yeah, um, yeah well, I... I uh, I came to sort of politics and, and um, the idea for Simpol really um, by completely by chance back in um, 1998. Uh, Tom, I mean, my background is uh, you know I'm a businessman. I'm a, I'm a director of a of a medium-sized um, textile trading uh, and, and speciality papers uh, company in the UK. Um, but, uh, but at the end of 1998, um, I was sort of having a, a lunch with my family and my mom and my kids. And I think my kids had been discussing climate change at school. And um, so we were talking a little bit about it. And just after the meal, my, my, for some reason, my mother sort of turned around to me and said, well, what would you do about it? And I, I don't know why i probably had a couple of glasses of wine or something but in that moment i i had you know what what, what seemed to me or I, I don't know whether it was but it's sort of an altered state experience but it was it was more than a it was incredibly powerful but it was more than a kind of unity consciousness experience it was also had a potential to it and, and i think when i answered her in that moment, I said, well, it would have to happen simultaneously. Um, because I think somehow, somewhere with my business background, I realized that 
you know, it, it couldn't happen unless all or sufficient nations actually implemented the same measures simultaneously. And that if they did that, nobody would lose out. And if you could arrange a, a political process around that, people could, could uh, assent to that idea without risking their position in the current capitalist competitive market. So it, was a, it seemed to me a way of, of being able to build uh, consent to cooperative action without risk. And then on top of that, there was, you know, from that also came the idea that one could extend that into voting as well. Right. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. So you had a, you had a quasi spiritual experience, a unity experience, which enabled you to, to see a bigger picture in a way. Yes, yes, that's right. But did you have spiritual experience before? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Never did meditation or something like that? No. Nah. <laughs> no. Interesting. No. Mm -hmm. So it just popped up. Yeah, it really just boom. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, and I've been stuck with it ever since. That's interesting because Nick brought the whole, to the book, this whole perspective on world centrism, on where do we are and what kind of development stage do we need to implement um, simply yeah, do I get that right? Yeah, I mean, if I can just quickly just link in is, is, is you know, after about 10 or, or 20, uh, about 10 years of wondering why, when I spoke to people about the idea, most people probably thought I was crazy, but a few people really immediately understood it. Right. And I couldn't understand why that was until I read Ken Wilber. Um, you know, I realized that, you know, most people are still at a, at a modern or postmodern nation-centric level of thinking. And uh, very, very few people are, are at a more integral world-centric level. And so I realized that, that there was a kind of psychological um, worldview element to this and that, that's when I, I got it you know I got in touch with Nick who I, I knew was interested in politics and had just written a, a very good book about the British political scene called Wounded Leaders and I said well look you know we need you know this needs a psychological backing because without it you're just not going to help people to make that transition towards a more world-centric view. So that's when I got together with Nick. Right. So the idea of simple is simple is basically that you have the, the different nation states not um, tackle one prob problem after another, but all the global um, problems simultaneously, basically. No, 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 not quite, no. not quite. Um, What, what we're talking about is, is maybe a series of simultaneous policies. So you, you, you would have, let's call it simple one, would be a, a combination of more than one issue. So you, for example, one of the reasons that um, global problems are, are not being solved now is because we are taking them one issue at a time. Right. 
So if you take like climate change, for example, on almost any sort of single topic like that, you will always have some nations that win, others that lose. And of course, the losers, because there's just one issue, have, have no incentive to cooperate. So, so the idea is that you would have a simultaneous policy, for example, might be a climate agreement combined with a, I don't know, a currency transactions tax. Right, okay. So that's another global tax on, on um, whenever foreign currency is exchanged, you know, even like a 0.001% would raise billions and billions of dollars. And those billions of dollars could be used to compensate the losers on the climate part of the agreement. Right. So, and so that might be Simpol 1. Then maybe a few years later, you'd have Simpol 2, which would be another combination of two, maybe two different policies, Simpol 3, and so on and so on. So we're not talking about all global problems being solved on, in one, you know, right. that would be pretty crazy. You know? Yeah, that's true. So, but, but equally, I think the way the world is trying to solve problems now, one issue at a time, is just like, it's like almost designed to fail somehow. Mm. So, so, I mean, there are three real elements to simple. One is simultaneous implementation. Secondly is, is multi-issue policy, uh, policy uh, multi-issue policies. And the third thing is, is using our votes in the way that I describe in the book. Um, basically, give, citizens give strong preference to any politician or party within reason uh, that has signed the pledge that they will implement Simpol alongside other governments to the probable exclusion of those politicians who don't sign up. Right. So it's bringing politicians into a much stiffer competition with each other. But, but who would be selecting the, um, the, the... The policies. Yeah, the policies. Yeah, well, that, that, is, that is something that, that, that there would be a whole process for that. And that process would only start once we already had uh, quite a high level of um, support in principle around the, uh, the world from politicians and parties and even governments who had signed the pledge in principle, because the pledge is only there in principle. Uh, and then the policy, once you had, a, you know, once you had a, that, that level of agreement, then you could have um, a, a negotiation. Now, in democratic countries, it would be simple supporters who would have a very strong influence over what policies would be adopted because they hold the vote you know they had already you know they, they hold the power because of the way of, of that they can use their votes to drive politicians yes. towards these agreements and so they could select the policies or vote on them they i mean we, we need to develop this process but they could be policies that are already developed by Uh, non specialist non-governmental organizations for example uh, or they could be um, developed by think tanks uh, or universities or, or others i mean there are many global policies already quite well developed on many many issues the problem is that there is no way to actually get governments to implement them that's the that's where simpol comes in so those policies in any case would be very strongly influenced by Simple citizen supporters in democratic countries. What about the non-democratic countries? For non-democratic countries, I think if you imagine this as a sort of evolving, developing process 
and you imagine that support for Simpol is gradually growing with more and more parties and governments coming on board with this, perhaps partly because the UN process has, has not, not succeeded. You will then have a situation, I think also with global problems getting worse and worse, that non-democratic countries are going to see this process as the only game in town. They're going to say, well, actually, you know, we will just join in with this process voluntarily because global problems are affecting us like they are everybody else. And so, um, you know, there are obviously no guarantees with this, Tom, who knows, but I think that the, the interesting thing about Simpol is that we, with, with the voting process that we've developed, um, we, we have also proven uh, through our results in various elections uh, in, in different countries that we can actually drive not just sympathetic politicians to sign on to this, but even the not so sympathetic politicians because they have really very little choice if enough of us vote in the way, uh, you know, sign up to the Simpol uh, campaign. Right. What, what I find very interesting in, in, in this approach you have is that, okay, we, we live in a time where we still have the idea of nation states. Yeah. So, but at the same time, the complexities of the world we are living in are so grave that the, that the nation state itself does not be able to solve that. So we need we need a different way to, to tackle those problems. And, and what you mentioned in your book is, it is in a, in a way a time of chaos or, or, or time of potential. So, mm. and, and we have to change our way of dealing with that. So we, have, we, we, we can tackle something like, like climate change, but not by one state or one nation doing it alone, but all together. So that's the basic idea so that we develop a, a global consciousness because the problems we are facing are somewhat global. Yes. So, yeah, that's just, right. Just, just to get a basic... Absolutely right. And, and no, no, that's, that's absolutely right. But from a political point of view, most people are still very nation-centric. They still believe that if we vote this or that party into power, things will change. Right. And, and what they don't realize is that actually it doesn't matter who you elect anymore. They all have to conform to a very narrow um, neoliberal, more or less competitiveness agenda, which is completely incompatible with the kind of policies you would need to solve climate change or any of these other global issues. Right. Yeah, so anyway, I got to the point where I just explained that um, I realized, you know, I had the idea for Simple, but I realized we need, you know, there was a, a psychological problem to be solved. Uh, and that's when, you know, I, I got in touch with you and I, I just mentioned to Tom about your book, Wounded Leaders, and that you were already interested in politics. Uh, and, th and that's yeah. sort of where we got up to. So that, that's sort of handing over to you to, to give your story next. Okay. Right. So, yeah. Okay. So, I just go back a bit. So, in the mid '80s, I trained in um, psychosynthesis and family systems theory. So, I had been involved with sort of cutting edge psychotherapy worlds, which interfaced 
with lots of transpersonal stuff. So, you know, I, I knew Wilbur's work from his first book, for example. And um, I had been working at a particular thing in the British context, which had to do with, with how our education system was stuck in a very old Victorian paradigm, and it was teaching children to dissociate. And, and, and uh, so I was really interested in how that affected the corridors of power in Britain, that we had what I call wounded leaders practicing very, very severe dissociation, but on a sort of elite career path. And, and I, so I knew that the work I was doing had very strong political ramifications. And I started to feel the limitation of the psychotherapy system confined solely to the sort of inner world, to the consulting rooms. And I started to feel that psychotherapists, it was time that we came out of the consulting rooms because people lived in a context which was creating effect on their mental health. And so I was aware of this sort of, uh, in, in, in a way, this, this very, the old-fashioned paradigm, but I was also aware of the sort of newer paradigm of meditators and, and consciousness thinkers. And I was also aware that actually they didn't seem to do very much. And they, they didn't get their hands dirty with politics. And I was also aware that there was a kind of in the sort of um, in the sort of um, protest movement, there were a lot of people who I thought quite stuck at the level of identity and the identity stuckness was thinking, you know, we're the good guys and the rest of the world are all the bad guys who haven't seen the light yet. So when John approached me with his, uh, his, his uh, work, which I'd heard of uh, some years ago, can you still hear me? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, so um, I, I, I was very interested by this because actually um, John and I came from very difficult, different political spectrums. I was a bit of an old lefty, you know. I used to sell so socialist workers on the, uh, on the street of Oxford in, in, in the late 60s. And John was much more a conservative. But we agree on the fact that the, that the sort of the the conservative right was really stuck with dissociation and e economically that you know the dissociation is is in in um, all the all the all the ways that the 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 byproduct of the exploitation of the world gets uh, talked of as an externality you know that's simply dissociation on an economic level. But also the way that what uh, John introduced me to the term, the social justice are also dissociating their own identity issues and seeing themselves as wholly good and corporations and politics as wholly bad and nothing was changing. So uh, John had, had, a, had a, a similar kind of vision, vision, so he got on very well like that. And then John had this genius idea how to cut a sort of across cross-party lines with a way of using de democratic tools, which would put 
the citizens back into power, which I thought was completely brilliant because here was someone who was actually saw the sort of picture uh, or metaphysically, but also had some very pragmatic hands-on tools to do it. So I said I would be delighted to come on this project. And, and that's how we ended up writing the book together. Very nice. Can I just interject something there, actually, Tom? Because just just right now, when you know um, Jordan Peterson is becoming such a big figure, um, I think I think actually what's happening in the whole sort of culture wars out there between the left and the right is quite interesting because it, it sort of speaks a bit to to what our book is about. And and if you if you, for example, um, if you look at both the the, the sort of slightly libertarian right and the sort of uh, social justice left, and you look at both of them in terms of the, the individual domain and the collective domains, what you see is that the, um, that the, the left has, has sort of completely lost its way in the individual domain because it's completely hung up on identity politics and group, group identity. Um, but it's actually the left is actually right and quite strong in the collective domain where they're talking about collective issues such as climate change and and wealth inequality and and, and so forth. Conversely, the right are very strong on the individual domain. They're absolutely right about free speech and, and, uh, you know, the, the paramount importance of the individual, but their blind spot is on the collective domain where, they conflate individual freedom with a free market. Uh, and, and of course, you know, that, that's, that's where they're completely lost. That's so and so it's, it's in that kind of gap that, that the simple solution sort of comes in to, between both of those and could I th- like to think could bridge that gap in some sense. If both sides could kind of see their blind spots as well as their strengths, Simpol would kind of fill those blind spots for both sides in a way. That's interesting. What what I liked about the book, it's like the the deconstruction of what it means to be uh, in competition and in cooperation. Because you know, you, you we we can't think of parties anymore who are in opposition, and of states, nations who are in opposition, without recognizing that they on some some level are cooperating as well and we have that we have to uh, encourage this cooperation to deal with with our problems and this is what i think that you're promoting that we have to to look at the other side of the coin and see okay even if we are competing we are cooperating like two boxers who uh, well, well, we've we've always we've, we've always we've always been cooperating international trade has always involved a tremendous amount of cooperation right. you know the 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 um, international air control, everything that happens in the seas, you know, we're, we're, we're cooperating at all kinds of levels already. Mm-hmm. The, the issue is that we got stuck in a very um, aggressive and anxiety-making notion of competition between nations with the, with the idea of sovereign nation-states competing which is historically rather outdated because capital and now labor has all gone completely global. So 
it's exactly. not just that it's it, it's not it, it's it's just it's just very much behind the curve really I mean, yeah. it's not actually happening everybody knows that corporate you know corporations know everything is global and and we know all kinds of citizens know you know the three of us we're all in three different countries talking we know that actually humanity has reached out on another level now and so and we're kind of experiencing a bit of a regression a sort of a backward you know a, a, we've, we've gone into reverse gear a little bit in the last couple of years because i think all of us are quite scared collectively about what you know what what the next leap forward means and that's why i like john's work because he's looking in that right in the eye and he's it's he, not utopian but it, he's going for win-win and he's not saying we've all got to be more and more altruistic he's just got to say you know that actually if we organize these things sensibly and better we can we can move towards the world that we want and compel our politicians to actually get up to speed we have to educate our politicians yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of like. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's sort of like, you know, to me, it's very evolutionary. And, and actually, this is where, um, where, where Ken Wilber's stuff is, all, is, is very good, is, is, is that, you know, it's actually quite simple. Technology always moves ahead of governance, right? That's, that's always the case. And what you now have is that, that our techno-economic mode has gone global with the internet and, and all the rest of it. Um, but governance is still stuck at the national level predominantly. And so you have this kind of mismatch between, um, you know, a global economy and only national governance. And the result of that is, is, is very predictable. If you think about it, anything that is globally mobile is going to win against anything that is nationally rooted, like a government or like the, the mid, middle or poor, lower, lower classes. Or the environment, anything that is rooted, is is going to suffer or is going to lose out against anything that's that's mobile. Whether it's global capital, whether it is um, uh, the rich who can move their, uh, uh, their, their their wealth around, um, or whether it's transnational corporations, whether it's crime syndicates or, or, or anybody else, and and you know that mismatch is 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 going to get more and more and more and more serious of course until cooperation is going to be the only answer uh, and what what simple does is it really sort of offers the, the the nuts and bolts mechanics of how we could actually bridge that gap mm. and actually how we could as citizens drive that process you mentioned it in, in, in the book that technology is often the new technology a forefront of a new developmental stage and you mentioned Gutenberg, for example, yeah, yeah. And, and how uh, the idea of the printing press enabled people to read books and knowledge was set free in a way and, and enlightenment was possible. So what I was wondering, what do you think of cryptocurrency in that, that regard? Because it's a, that's a new technology, a global new technology. And, and do you think that it's a, an aspect of enabling a new worldview, if it's, if it's a way yeah. of solving those problems in, in some sort? Well, I don't, I don't know about that. I, I certainly think that cryptocurrencies are, you know, part and parcel of 
of the, 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 the globalized context, the new globalized context for governance that we, that, that, that we are now living in, um, whether they will actually solve anything or, or not, I, I think is another, is another matter. I mean, ultimately, I believe that uh, sooner or later, one way or another, governments will have to step in to cooperate because, uh, you know, on, on any of these issues because, you know, these cryptocurrencies, they, they could be used for good, but they could also be used for evil. And, uh, you know, any new technology is, is, has these two sides. And ultimately, you know, governments will have to, you know, the internet is another, uh, is another thing which will have to be regulated in some way, shape or form. Um, but um, so, so I think cooperation is, is, is going to be essential, whatever the new technology comes along. You see, you can look at these. You can look at these things metaphysically a bit. You could say um, that, as can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Okay. As psychosynthesis says, will will precedes consciousness. Will precedes consciousness. So you have an invention, a technology comes out of will. Somebody creates something, and then. And then you have, uh, you, you, you actually have to, um, you have to deal with it. You have to adjust your consciousness to it. And what, it, what that means is that in terms of, you know, when it's happening on a worldwide scale, you have to reorganize. And, and the reorganization is the way you, you use will and consciousness together. So, for example you know, you have the internet and, and then of course you have, it goes wild. And then people are saying, Hey, we've got to regulate it. We've got to regulate it. You know, what, what's happening here in, in to, to me at the moment is, is my, my inbox is flooded with data protection emails at the moment. You know, everyone's saying you've got to regulate all the data you keep now. You've got to do it now. Yeah. Because actually we've had this technology and we haven't, learned yet what the extent of it is we're in a very immature uh, stage with it and and so um, once you start to learn the use of a very new technology you have to reorganize and that in in most in most things it means actually it means a, a level of regulation when you have a new technology it's easy that and the functional technology is it's easy that that people adapt to it you know and social changes is, is easy in a way you have a printing press and the idea gets you know popular i was asking because i, I was wondering how does simple is, is set in motion you you argue in your book sometimes change comes and because it's necessary you know you you have this life conditions yeah the life conditions i mean because it's is it do we evolve past this, 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 this chaos and this phase out of necessity or because we want to, to, to implement the policy, you know, because it's logical, mm -hmm. it's something different than, ah, oh, shit, we have to do something because we're dying tomorrow. Exactly. So, I mean, so you know so what I mean? Is, yes. So which is it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's both. It's a little bit of both, Tom. Uh, I think that you know there will be people who who have that integral awareness 
who, who today, who will start to be the, the first movers of this because their awareness indicates to them that, that we need something like this and that they will therefore be prepared to put some effort into it. And in the meantime, um, you know, global problems, of course, are going to get worse and worse and worse. And then more and more people are going to, to gradually see the need for it and will we'll come on board. So it's, a, you know, it's, it's, it's partly necessity and it's partly awareness. I think it's going to be it's awareness at the beginning. That's why we needed a, a book, which is quite a lot about psychology, to try to get the, the postmodern level up to a, a more um, uh, world-centric level. Um, but I think as time goes on, it'll be more the push of necessity. Mm. Because I think people will see, you know, it will just become the bleeding obvious to people when, when they really realize that, um, you know, the, the UN process is, is simply not capable of doing the job and, and neither are individual nation states. And, and will it come from the outside or from inside of the political system? Well, it, just, that, well, the, the, this this is the, from out. Well, I think from outside, essentially. But I think this is this is one of the this is this is the one of the interesting hybrid. Simpol is a hybrid because it, it's it's both outside and inside the system. So it's this is where the evolutionary novelty of Simpol comes in. I mean, Wilbur has also talked about about this um, because. The, the, if you think about it, the global justice movement, you know, all these NGOs campaigning for global justice, they stand out or occupy, they stand outside the system. They are, they're outside the system and they're telling the system, please do what we want, without realizing that actually the system is incapable of doing what they want, frankly, right. because of the competition problem. What Simpol does is it gets inside the political process but without being a political party. And so uh, when you sign on to Simpol as a citizen, it's like having two votes rolled into one. When you sign on to the campaign, you know, that's your global vote. We, you sign on to the campaign, we will then send forward your email to your uh, politician, to your, to your member of parliament, or to the candidates standing in, in, in your um, electoral area if it's, there's an election going on. And that's your global vote. So we're getting them to sign up, to sign the Simpol pledge, getting the politician to sign up. And then when election day comes around, you get your national vote just like everybody else. So it's like two rolled into one. So it's like transcending and including your, your national vote by, giving, by adding a global dimension to it. Right. And we've proved, as, I, as I said, as we say in the book, we've proved that this works. Um, you know, in the, in the UK, uh, well, in the, actually in the last German election, um, I think 50 different candidates from across all the parties uh, signed Simpol Pledge. And of those now, I think we have 11 members of parliament in, in, in the Bundestag. Wow. Uh, you know, and that's, that's with a very tiny number of supporters. Because we are, like I say, with the voting process, we are saying, you know, normally when you As a citizen, you're expected to make a choice between this or this or this party. What we do is we turn that 180 degrees round and we say, we, we are deciding on the simultaneous policy, which of you politicians is going to sign up to it? 
and we don't care. We, you know, whoever signs up is going to improve their chances of getting our vote. But don't you, you need know? to be very well connected to get in contact with politicians and to propose this kind of policy? Well, it, dep it depends. I mean, in, in, in the UK, their email addresses are published on, on, you know, on, on the Parliament website. In most countries, you can get the email address of your member of Parliament or member of, members of Parliament if it's a, a multi-member uh, political process. Um, and, um, you know, so we have, I mean, in the UK, we have, at the last election, we got 650 candidates from all across, right to left, signed up and of those we now have 65 members of parliament that's mm -hmm. about 10% of all members of parliament um, we had uh, also we had i think about half the green party candidates signed up so we're we're actually getting to the point where a whole party could sign up as and make simple a part of its official policy but uh, i'm sorry but don't the the politicians need Uh, uh, a world-centric consciousness to understand or to 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 make a pledge for, for this? no no because it's it, it appeals to their self-interest all they need is an orange level all they need is a sorry to use spiral dynamics or, or uh, uh, you know, integral theory but they just need it's, it's all about self-interest because if you're a politician tom and you 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 have a number of voters saying to you i'm going to vote for any politician or party that signs up to Simpol. What are you going to do about it? You, you know, you, you, you think, well, first of all, if I sign up to Simpol as a politician, if I sign up, I don't lose anything because implementation only happens when all the sufficient nations are on board. So if I sign up to this as a politician, I don't have to do anything immediately because nothing, you know, nothing is actually done until there is sufficient nations on board. Mm. And yet, The, also, if I sign up, I get the chance of getting your vote and the votes of the other simple supporters in, in right. your area. But if I don't sign up and my competitor signs up, I could lose my chance of winning. Right? Right, sure. Uh, so, um, uh, so all you need, the consciousness of politicians only needs to be self-interest. Mm. However, however, having said that, in my experience, politicians, you know, we, we normally say politicians are out of touch. Yeah, that's what, that's what citizens like to say. In my experience, it's the reverse. In, in the UK, many of the politicians I've spoken to are well aware of the competitive disadvantage problem. They know that it ties their hands And so when they see something like Simpol, they think, oh, that's oh, great. Okay. You know, and if you go onto our website, or certainly the UK website, for example, you'll see a lot of comments from politicians that say, this is great, at last, something I can support without risking my, my nation's competitiveness. Okay, that's, that's quite interesting. Yeah. So, so, so you, you just get in contact with them via email, or what do you do and how... Yes, yes okay. exactly. And so some, some of the politicians have signed up because they see it as in their interests and they, they are maybe scared of losing to their competitors. But others, often some, some of them in very safe seats, you know, with big, sitting on big majorities, 
have signed up simply because they think it's a great idea. It just makes common sense. So um, uh, I think that you know there's a huge potential here, um, but it requires again it requires citizens and particularly global justice activists to make this move from from the sort of victim protest position to 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 the position well actually you know what we're in control if we actually use this process right and, and we get with the picture of, of the voting that actually we hold the power if we get you know if we get enough of the our supporters signing up to it you know the global justice movement could could be solving global problems tomorrow if it if it got with this program quickly but the problem is 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 moving from the nation centric to the world centric and that's you know that's the psychological spiritual worldview with some somewhat paradox no that 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 the social justice um, fighters just go on streets and demonstrate but accomplish nothing while, while well little yeah little well no tom you're right i mean when i when i when i had this idea back in 1998 my first uh, you know, I'm a business person. I, I don't know anything about global justice. I don't know anything about campaigning. So I thought, well, I'll go to Greenpeace. I'll go to the Friends of the Earth. I'll go to all of these people. I'll, I'll lay this out for them. I'm sure they'll understand it. And then, you know, they can, they can make a campaign out of it. And I can go to Mallorca and lie on the beach, you know. But what yeah, I he's found... There. <laughs> well, he is, yeah. <laughs> but, but what I found, to my great disappointment, is that they... You know, they talk about, you know, think globally, act locally and all of this. But, but when you actually lay it out for them, they, they don't get it. Because I think, you know, I think they're very much in this us and them victim uh, sort of, I would say, like in the child position. They see the politicians as in the parent position and, and the global justice are in the child position demanding of the parents what, 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 they, what they want. Even even the the people from Greenpeace they didn't get it. Oh, that that's astonishing. Well, I mean maybe that was that was that was quite a long time ago. So I mean it, it may be you know maybe things have changed. I, I certainly hope so, but I, I haven't really had an opportunity to uh, to have a, a really good hearing with with those kind of people for for some years now. So I hope an opportunity will come up again. Perhaps if some of them read the book, maybe that'll help. From, from a psychological viewpoint, what are the most obvious points or problems in, in setting up such a policy? Well, But, yeah, I mean, I th let's, it, it, the, f the first thing is to say that the, um, the To, to, to get simple into action, uh, it's, it's, it's quite um, ingenious that actually you can do that without creating any more structures. You can do that through existing structures, through the existing powers that people have in order to vote. And we've seen over the last few years that the vote does count, you know, in the way that so many people are now voting for the right. You know, the, the vote does count because one of the biggest problems that has been uh, in, in, in the last, say, 10, 20 years 
is that the younger people uh, have gone to this mindset that, oh, you can't trust politicians. They're all the same and they don't care about us and there's no point really voting. So there's a tremendous amount of political apathy. So there's, the, you know, there's, there's, there's millions of people who don't really engage in using their voting power because they also see that every party is kind of business friendly and, and, and is not proclaiming the sort, the sort of uh, agenda that the social justice movement is. Now, the social justice movement uh, knows what the problems very, very well in the world, Greenpeace and Friends of the Earth, they know exactly the level of the problems. They know exactly what ought to be done, but they haven't really got much idea about how to get those things done. And one of the reasons that they, they, they don't think that through very well is because their, their level of creativity is very stuck psychologically in their identification. What, I, what is known in, in, in um, psychotherapy, it's, it's called, they're stuck in what we call the, the rebel subpersonality where it suits them very well to be against the bad guys and to be, you know, very postmodern, very green meme. So they don't have any hierarchies. And if you speak to people who've consulted to those organizations, they are the worst organizations to consult to because they can't, they can't actually take decisions because they can't prioritize very well because prioritization means you have to put things in a hierarchy. And the rebel subpersonality doesn't like hierarchies because the rebel personality is always on the side of the little guy. Yeah. So it's very stuck in terms of their creativity. And, 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 then, and the other thing is that there are so many different organizations working in parallel, working in parallel, working in parallel. So the right is not worried by this because it's all fragmented. Now, the beauty of using something like Simple is that you, you, you don't have to be in the rebel subpersonality to do it. You just have to say, this is what I want. This is what I'm for. This is what I stand for. These are my values. Uh, are you as a politician going to support that? And if not, I will use my vote for anyone who is. So I will use... You know, we're using, Simple is using competition as a means to create cooperation. So that is much more creative in a way than working out of the rebel subpersonality where everything's very static. You know, governments, so, but, corporations. But what do you have to do to get, to, 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 to get from a rebel personality to a personality who has more agency and more responsibility and to act out this, this kind of power that it, that it has? What, what well, yeah. does it take to make that shift? Well, I, th I, think, I think this yeah. is where, sorry, if I can just cut in there, um, just quickly. I think one, one element, Tom, is, is trying to educate um, global justice activists about destructive global competition as a vicious circle, as, a, as a, a dynamic which is out there above everybody, if you like. Um, and to, to understand that actually from, as a result of that, 
that it's not so much that, I mean, of course there are evil and corrupt politicians and corporate executives, no question about that. But generally, politicians and, and corporate executives are no less aware of the global problems than anyone else. They, they are aware of, they're, they're not stupid. But their problem is, is that they can't move first. If you're a corporate executive, you can't do the right thing because your costs will go up, your share price will go down, and you'll be out, right? And if you're a politician, it's the same story. And so it's, it's when, when I think global justice activists can begin to put themselves in the shoes of the, of the politicians and, and the corporate executives and to start to understand that it's not that these guys don't want to do the right thing, it's that the system just actually prevents them from doing the right thing. Or, or, or I mean, they can do something. I'm not saying they can't do anything, but you know, they, they, the really big strides that we need today cannot simply cannot be done in, in, with with destructive, you know, with the, the dynamic of destructive global competition in in operation. And so, so that would be one aspect, I think, Nick. Wouldn't, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. And and and, and you see, the, the thing about a subpersonality. It has all its consciousness and will framed in a particular direction. And when you're talking about having empathy for those who, as it were, sit on the other side of the seat, that is, that is, a, that, that is a perspective which comes from a genuine realization that we're all in the same boat, you know, that it's all humanity, that, you know, corporations are us for example you know yeah so that's that's a huge it's a huge psychological leap to move from to move from well this politician trump is a is is the bad guy and and monsanto is the bad guy to to actually moving to a position where you where you sort of understand that uh these people are you know even if you were in their shoes you would you if you understood the way the, 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 the economy works, you would have very little choice but to do pretty much the same thing that they're doing. Now, that's a big leap. Probably. That's a big leap. Yeah. And that's, that is, in fact, the problem we have, Tom. Yeah. And that, that's why, that's actually why, I, you know, I, I, I zoomed in a bit on the integral community after, after reading Ken Will and on Spiral Dynamics, reading you know, Don Beck and, and, and Ken Wilbur, because it seems to me that these people uh, have a better chance of understanding, you know, the world-centric nature of, of destructive global competition. Unfortunately, what I, what I also found is that too many of them are stuck on their meditation mats <laughs> and, don't, <laughs> and don't, don't think enough about politics. But that's another story. Yeah, I, I don't know where... where hmm? I was just going to say, you talked about Wilbur and, you know, and, the, and, and Wilbur is, is, is right in a way about the, you know, the, the, what he talks about in the green meme, that chimes in a lot. But if you go back to Claire Graves, where it all comes from, you know, they, 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 Graves was saying there really is uh, uh, the second tier uh, shift needed in consciousness. And, and and what you get is when there's a, when there's a, I go back to what I said earlier, when there's a big shift needed, 
you always get resistance. That's, that happens in individual psychology and group psychology everywhere. And, and, and in a way, everybody's hanging on, hanging on, hanging on, hanging on, which is, you know, and, and, and you know, the climate's going to shit at the same time. So we, we can't really afford to hang on. And, and, and actually, uh, the, the polarization, the us and them is such a waste of energy because uh, we will have to find win-win solutions. And it's not to say there aren't bad guys and there aren't dictators and there aren't greedy people and there aren't oligarchs ripping people off. Of course there are. Of course there are. But in general, you know, it's that, that is not as big as people think. Right. It's just it, what, what is bigger than people think is the level of impotence in the world because people can't move beyond their small interest country politics to see in the way we really do have to do things globally and we've kind of you know we've got a we've got a united nations which you know it, it comes out of an idea you know 70 80 years ago and, and, and it doesn't work for what we need to do now i was thinking about the president but the idea that that the president is able to do whatever he wants then he comes his first day into office and and for yeah. seven days, 14 days, all the generals come in and brief him what, yeah. what is the yeah. state of the union. And so he basically has, yeah. has no, not so much options at hand. because No, yes. these people don't have as much power as we think. And what you see, Actually, and what, 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 they're all very difficult jobs. That's right. So, I mean, you know, Trump, Trump is, a, is a case in point. I mean, I may live to regret what I'm saying now, Tom, but, you know, he came in basically on a protectionist uh, ticket saying, look, free trade and after all, you know, all this stuff is, 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 you know, all this globalism is, is terrible and we're gonna, we're gonna make, put America first. But if you actually look at what he's doing, okay, he didn't go into the Trans-Pacific Partnership. That's, that's clear. That's, that's not doing something. But in terms of everything else he's doing, he's renegotiating free trade. He's not really going protectionist. He's, he's, he's waving the stick at China to get a better deal for free trade, essentially. You know, he's not really changing the paradigm. Why? Because global markets don't want that. He, you know, so even people on the right are being a, a little bit restrained, uh, just as people on the le uh, you know, politicians on the left are, are being squeezed. They're both squeezed into this neoliberal basically free trade uh, straitjacket. And, and so, you know, that, that's, that's what people need to understand, is that these guys are not in control. You know, they are the puppets of destructive global competition, which is a dynamic born out of the simple fact that we have a global economy, but only national governance. It's really not difficult to understand. So, so, so more a, a practical question: Who does all the work? Who does write to the to the politicians? Do you do that, or do you have like people? Well, well what, what happens, Tom, is when 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 a citizen signs up, they sign up online, right? That's free of charge. What we then do is we check who their uh, member of parliament is. You do that, or who? It, well, we we have a national coordinators in different countries who are working, who are part of the Simpol team. So we have uh, somebody in Germany, we have someone in, uh, in, uh, in various countries, not in every country, so we're looking for more people. 
but uh, they look up who is the the MP of the citizens, uh, who are the MPs, then they they forward that uh, your your sign up to the members of saying basically saying look here is another citizen willing to vote for any politician or party within reason that signs up to implementing the simultaneous policy in principle. So you don't, as a citizen, you don't have to do anything other than sign up. It's very, very simple. <laughs> it's very, very simple, yeah. <laughs> very simple. Um, but, but just to give you an idea of, of the power of that, Tom, I mean, in, in Britain, for example, I mean, we have a, a different political system compared to Germany. Um, it's it's, a, it's a, what we call first past the post. So it's a majority system. Right? So we have one member of parliament per constituent, per area. Right. And, and if he gets the most votes, he or she wins. Simple. Now, in, I just give you an example. In some, in some seats, in some areas, there's a, you know, the, the, the election is, is won and lost on a very, very fine margin. Yeah. And in one, one particular constituency, there's a, a few of these it's happened, where we get the first, you know, we get one, poly, one candidate at the election to sign up, maybe a fairly minor candidate. Then, of course, we send an email to all the other candidates saying, be careful, you know, one of your competitors has already signed uh, the Simpol pledge. Why put yourself at a competitive disadvantage? Hmm. Next thing you know is the next one signs up and the next one and the next one and the next one. And that did happen. Yes. Right. And the number of our supporters in that area I hesitate to say how few, but you know, let me just, you know, what was really uh, great in one of them, uh, the, uh, the, the, the local guy, one of our local supporters in that area where we got them all to sign up, this was already like two or three weeks before the election. So we knew already three weeks before the election, whoever won, Simpol would gain another member of parliament committed to implementing simultaneous policy. Oh, mm -hmm. and, and what was nice is that When we had that, everybody signing up, my supporter down there, oh, no, no, in fact, I think we, we, we got two or three of them to sign up. And, and so the, the dominoes were already beginning to fall. And he rang me up and he said, John, this is great, because now we've got them all by the balls, right? You know, so what, what I'm trying to say by that, Tom, is, is if citizens could realize we already have the power, it's already in our hands. You know, it's not, we don't have to go begging to the politicians to, to solve these problems. We can drive the process ourselves. Mm. You know, but that, that also is a very big leap. You, so you're looking confused. No, I don't, I, no, 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 I'm not confused. I, I'm just thinking how, because you were, you were saying, how do we bring people to that awareness that they have the vote? And I was thinking, yeah, how, what, what can you do? What, you know, and then, then I had like the, 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 the firing of the neurons, well, could, could that be connected with cryptocurrency somehow? Like a new cryptocurrency, which like every time you buy or make a transaction with the thing, you, I don't know. If, if you buy a certain coin, you make, you make a pledge. I don't know. Well, Tom, if you can find a way of financing this whole operation with Bitcoin, that would be great. No, no, you know? just a new, a, a new cryptocurrency because there are like, I don't know, there are thousands, you know, yeah. and, and coming up new technologies. And so 
but what if a new coin, not Bitcoin, not Litecoin, but a new coin would somehow be connected to a vote, mm -hmm. you know, to, to make a, to, to that pledge? Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if that would be possible, but that would be a, certainly an incentive. Well, know? it's yeah. certainly worth yeah. thinking about. Have a think about yeah, it. I, I, th I think what Tom is saying, John, I mean, it, it is interesting because actually having, having you having got the idea and fleshed it out, there are all kinds of potential ways that actually it can be broadcasts that we don't know about yet, you know, which are kind of, I mean, there are a lot of known unknowns in it, but it, 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 it can, it, it, it's, it's, it's right for just the sort of thing you're saying, Tom, for actually um, using as a tool or a platform with, with, you know, linked to other kinds of technologies. I can see, I don't, I don't know what, that's not my thing, but I, I can definitely see that in a way we perhaps, you know, we're sort of, we, we might be running it by, on bicycle power at the moment, John. And, mm. and when we find a way to harness it, you know, it can really get going. Yeah, no, That's I mean, I'm, I'm completely it, open. It needs, some more, it, it needs some more minds on the job, just in that sort of, sort of way. Just yeah. I don't know if that would work or if that, if, if that is a stupid idea, but it was just like, okay, how, because cryptocurrency, obviously, and the internet and all that stuff, that is a new technology. So, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and then in some way or another, cryptocurrencies will be used more than, than they will be used now. Yeah. So at, at least in yeah. the next 20, 30 mm. years. So people will get involved. Yeah. So, and, but and I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know that technology that well to, to, to say if that even would be possible, but it would certainly be interesting to think about it. I don't know. But I'm sure, you know, I mean, this, this, is, this is what we really need, Tom, I think. Like Nick says, is, is you know, yes, we've got this idea. We, we know it, 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 it works. We know we've got, it's got a lot of potential. But we really need other people with, with bright minds and, and coming from a, a more, you know, tech or, or cryptocurrency background to, to come in and, and bring in some new ideas about how we could make it go quicker like you move from you know uh, you know make it make it run even faster but i think that you know ultimately it's it still needs people to understand that the vote that they have is much much more powerful than they ever thought possible that would be the, the people who you need and who you want to address yeah, I would think because well, I, I I would love to hear from them. You know, I'd love to to you know if they would read the book and and contact me and say, look, you know, why don't you know you could do it like this mm. with with a cryptocurrency? That would be great. Mm. That would be terrific. Or, or find some 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 already existing cryptocurrencies and and make just it's like just to, to, that you have to make the pledge the moment you first buy those coins. I don't know how that would work, mm. but that would be certainly interesting because it's, it's, uh, those are global currencies, you know, mm. and, and yeah. it's gaining momentum. I don't know. I'm just spitballing, but I don't know. Doesn't well, matter. I mean, no, if, no, if, I suppose if, if the people who ran these currencies, uh, if there is a, if there is anybody, you know, if they, if there was whoever developed these currencies was, was to say, um, you know, was to say that whoever uses it 
um, you know, should also sign up to Simpol or something like that. I don't know. Um, but it's yeah, mandatory. I mean, they're, they're, if you have to, if you use it, you have to sign up. Yeah, for example, yeah. that might be one way to do it. On the other hand, you know, I think we we also have to remember that we are dealing here with with democracy and individual free will. You know, if you if you're going to coerce people to citizens to sign up, no, I mean they, they, they don't have to buy the the coin. No, no, okay, okay, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm just thousands. saying you've got to be a little bit. You've got to think about about it a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure there are lots of possible ways that, that you know, we could enhance it and, and make it go faster. Um, but, but actually, I think, it's, it's funnily enough, I think that I find that the politicians are actually more in tune than the citizens, sadly. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to expect that they're, they're doing that for, for 10, 20, 30 years. They, they have to know what they're doing and, and you can't just say they're stupid. It's like, no, of no, course, no. They, they have to know what they're doing. Yeah. Even if you no, don't no. agree with their stance, I guess. No, the problem we've got at the moment is that mostly the politicians are in a way in, in, a, in a modernist paradigm and, and, and some of them in a postmodern paradigm. And the, the cutting edge thinking is already ahead of that. So they're, they're, the politicians, by definition, are always behind the curve a little bit. And... And so, you know, we have to take that into account. So, yeah, you know, that, that's true, Nick. But, but what my point was is that when you lay out, when you lay out the thinking behind Simpon, when you lay out the, you know, destructive global competition, they are, yeah. they recognize, they, they, they more readily recognize it than say um, people from, from the global justice movement. Oh, oh, oh yes, of course, because they, 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 they know how impotent they are. They know how their hands are tied. Yeah. That's the thing. They know the limits of sovereignty, but in, in, in national sovereignty, in a way, no one is daring really to say it. Exactly, because so, they, they couldn't possibly admit that they've got no power. <laughs> Could they? Yeah. <laughs> you know. we, we need a fancy programmer because, I mean, people are, as far as they developed as they might be, also... Um, motivated by self-interest, you know, and cryptocurrency works in a way that the more people have it, the more, the, the higher the value is. So, and, and those people, if they are interested and in, in simple, so the value would go up, the more people sign up the pledge. So that, yeah. that would be an incentive, uh -huh. you know, for uh -huh. people to talk about this, to uh -huh. say, okay, let's, Let's buy this coin. I don't know. It's. I think maybe. I don't know. There might be. Yeah, there might well be something there. Yeah. Because it's a. It's a complex. The, the whole situation is a complex problem. You know, there are so many moving parts and. and Definitely. And. Cryptocurrency is a is a is a fancy thing. It's an interesting thing, to reach the the. the yeah. Well, that, that's really that's interesting, Tom. I mean, I think, it would be great if you you know. Think about that some more because, uh, you know, we, we could, and, and I will as well, you know, we could see if there's something we could Or maybe there's a listener to this podcast who has like a, a splendid idea and mm. who's more firm in, in those technical things and, mm. and can just write you 
on absolutely and, and and because that's the whole idea to talk about this idea and maybe there's somebody out there who, absolutely who can make that happen that would be great absolutely that's what we need we need people from other you know with other expertise to come into this mm. and and you know we need all the best minds on it you know and the best tools yeah because it's a world-centric problem it's not like yeah. there's one person who has to solve that but it's it's like a, it's a complex absolutely world-centric problem and we you know it's like the yeah exactly I don't know. Mm. Mm. no that's quite no, right you you do know and i can see what's happening you know tom because as soon as you start to get it it's so bloody obvious and you start to think about all the ways it could be adapted and work and you forget that you couldn't see it at one point. And, and that's really why it's, you know, one of the things that we say in the book is that we, we, we try and explain all the time is we use this metaphor of, you know, you, you know, you know when, as you walk up a hill, you see more of the landscape. And once you see more of the landscape, you get a different perspective and things are in a different context. And when you suddenly get there's a different context, solutions arise quite naturally of their own accord, you know, and ideas come in, like, even if they're, you know, creativity starts, even if, it, 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 you know, it's, it, it, it's good to have silly questions within creativity, you know. One of the things we used to train on was, uh, we, it, it, the basic question was how to sell ice cream to Eskimos, you know, or, or Inuit, I suppose you'd say now. But, you know, you're supposed to think of the stupid question. That's how creativity works. Sure. You know, you know uh, and, and you just get more context, more perspective. And that's what we need. We need, we, we, what we're looking for is to build up a head of steam where more and more people get this perspective. And, you know, it's, you know, there's nothing in it. You know, it's not, you know, we, uh, John Bunzel's not going to make a whole bunch of money if people go for, for simple. It's not going to work like that. It's, you know, there's nothing to sell. There's nothing to sell. Maybe it's not now. Maybe it's a simple, yeah. simple, simple coin. So <laughs> there you go. We, can see the way, we can see the way your dirty little <laughs> mind works, Tom. <laughs> No, but, I don't but, mind. I don't mind making any money, but but you know, it's it's not like that. It's like when people realize, oh my God, we've got this power. Oh my God, right? You know, uh, it, it, you know, we could use it in in another way. From from your experience, uh, from your experience, are are there um, differences in countries, country wise? Are there 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 nations which are or, or people um, from from certain countries which are more prone? To be open for for uh, for simple or yeah I, I, yeah I mean I would say Germany is is number one oh. yeah we we've got we've got I mean we've got more supporters in the UK simply because it's been going longer in the UK but I think G German German citizens are better educated they're more global in their thinking uh, they are more I think they, they give a little bit more time to to look at something like this. They, they, they give it more than just 10 seconds, you know. Um, so I would say Germany, Germany would could be number one. 
which Germany is also, Germany is probably the most dynamic place for all kinds of uh, things at the moment, I would say. It, 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 it's a very, very interesting place at the moment. The dynamism in Germany, uh, uh, the, the, you know, and, and, and the, 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 you know, the number one place for young people who want to go and live is in Berlin at the moment. You know, everyone wants to live in Berlin. And, and the Germans have, have uh, got uh, a sense of that vision is needed, but they're also deeply pragmatic people, you know, and, and so I'm not surprised. But I, th I, th I think also that, that Simpol could speak to, um, whether it's in Germany or elsewhere, could speak to the IFD, you know, to the, to the people on the right, because essentially what they are saying, that, that there, there are two strands to that. One is you know, they're concerned about uh, immigration, and the other is they tend to be the losers on, of, of globalization. So it tends to be the, the, the poorer classes or lower, lower, you know, uh, working class people or, or older people. And what what they don't see, I think, and certainly what the, the Brexit people who voted Brexit don't see, is that the, the what they are, you know, the the, the unregulated form of globalization that we have at the moment is the cause of the problem. And, and so instead of retreating from globalization, what, what, what we need is a kind of, of governance at the global level to match it. But it's not a governance, Simpol is not governance along the style of a, of a, of a global government or a, a, an EU bureaucracy. It's a much lighter, you know, it's not a clunky industrial kind of setup like a nation state. It's actually a much lighter cooperative governance. And in fact, in fact, a few years ago, Tom, we, we were approached by someone from UKIP, you know, from the UK Independence Party, yes, who was sitting in Brussels, uh, who, who actually quite liked the idea because I think they felt that you know, here's a way that we could cooperate globally without having to be sucked into some great big governmental bureaucracy and, you know, where it's a, a freely given negotiated cooperation between equals rather than becoming part of some, you know, monolithic structure. And so I think that, that you know, Simpol has something to offer people on the right as well as people on the left. Are you saying that if, if those parties on the left or right or far left or far right would agree on cooperation that the um, extremist partisanship would fall away, that, that they have to, you know, that they have to compete, that they, that they know that they then cooperate and they don't have to be that extreme to... to well, I, th I, think, I think what they would, what they would see so, for example, if you were if you were able to tax corporations globally at, at at the kind of level that they should be taxed, and you were able to redistribute some of those funds in a controlled and and properly supervised way to poorer countries, you would find that people could make a decent living in their home country. Hmm. And they wouldn't need to migrate 
to 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 come to the West. Right. You know, ultimately, I mean, I know this is easier said than done, but ultimately, this has got to be the way forward. You know, the the idea that uh, you, you know you have mass migration. I mean, we are already seeing the the reaction to that, and it's not pretty. You know, you're getting Brexit, you're getting Trump, you're getting the AfD, which you know, are just actually relatively benign forms. I mean, I don't need to tell you as a German where this could end up, right? Sure. Um, but the only way that you can, to my mind, in this globalized context that we have, the only solution will be a global solution where you, you actually start taxing global markets and, and financial markets and multinational corporations and the owners of artificial intelligence technology uh, so that you can redistribute some of that money to poorer countries so that you have a more equal economic situation where they can start developing and then you won't have the mass migration. That's what the right wants, right? That's what the, you know, and then you safeguard the national identity and cultural identity of all nations, not just of some, right? Um, so, so, I mean, I call this simulculturalism rather than multiculturalism. Multiculturalism, we know that it's a flawed concept. I mean, that's what Brexit, Trump, all of that is telling us, IFD is telling us. And it's true, it is flawed. The intentions are good, but the, the execution is wrong. What we need is simulculturalism where we support, properly support through a, a more uh, fair global economy, these uh, developing countries so that the mass migration can settle down. Right. And, and then, you you know, that, that is what the right is calling for. And actually, oh, well, now, at the same now time... You are far, far, far ahead of the curve because the, the common knowledge... It's not common knowledge that the left is partly responsible for the emergence of the right. This is the discussion we're having right now. So, well, I, I think don't... that's true. I mean, the, 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 the failure... The failure, I mean, to my mind, it's the failure of the left to have grasped the global context and therefore to be supporting things like simple. So because they failed to do that, they've left the door open to the right. Exactly. Yeah. So, but this is the discussion we're having right now culturally, you know, how, how yeah. interconnected this is yeah. and how, but, how... But, Tom, it's hard to have that discussion all the while there is no concrete mechanism on the table for how to operationalize that at the global level. And that's where, some, you know, that's when the book exactly. offers an answer to that, that, uh, that gap. Exactly. You know, not the answer. No, no, perhaps. I'm not I don't saying know, that you're wrong. Answer. I'm just yeah. saying that... Yeah. that that society, and, and, and again, we, we see that with the discussion uh, around the figure of Jordan Peterson, the, the, the discussion we're having in the culture right now is somewhere two steps behind of what you are proposing. Yeah. So, and to get to that awareness, and how do we get from, where do we go from here? So this is, but this is a complete different discussion, and we're having mm. it not in, in that way we, we should have. Yeah, no, no, you're right. I mean, the, the, the discussion in the culture generally is just beginning. And, and uh, as you say, it's a couple of stages behind what we're proposing. But I think that, you know, part of, part of that discussion, um, you know, the, the things like Simpol hopefully will become part of that discussion where 
where people on both sides, on the both on the left and the right, can see that actually there is that the, the, they have something in common. You know, when they understand the the, the destructive global competition that is dynamic, that is mm. that is forcing this situation that no one is in control of, and that they can see each side can see that overcoming it will give benefits for both of them. For, for the right, it'll be a more stable national cultures. For the left, it'll be the solutions to climate change and, and corporate power and, 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 you know. Yeah, um, but there's a long way to go before yeah, we, I mean, you know. I mean, I'd, I'd just like to say something there. If you, if you think what, what, we've, what we've got, the new thing in politics is we've got electoral situ situations which are, are completely unpredictable in, for, in the last five years, really. And, and that's because we are so polarized. Uh, we've never been so, so, so neatly polarized before. And a lot of that is to do with what you were saying earlier, because the left has failed to listen to its traditional working classes who were already losing out under globalization. And they, they also uh, have deeply irritated them by uh, the, the obsession with various um, political correctnesses and, 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 and amazing gender stuff and things like this. So they've really alienated a lot of people like that. So that's all being fueled by the sort of fear mongers on the right. So now you've got a very, very polarized situation. Now the interesting thing here is that, that not only is it like an internal conflict situation inside a human being, but it's also exactly where something like Simpol has tremendous advantage because actually when, when you've got this electoral polarization, knife edge thing, Simpol becomes a very dynamic tool because it actually it plays into the, the politicians' fears by saying, you know, saying, look, we actually, we could swing the balance here. Mm. And, and that's actually why John's had so much success in the last few years, because of this very cute polarization. But also, so, also the anti-establishment uncertainty. You know, you're seeing there's a strong anti-establishment uh, force in Italy and, in, in, you know, with the election of Trump, with the Brexit, there's, a, there's an anti, you know, there's a, I'm fed up to hell with a lot of them kind of feeling underneath it, as well as the polarization between, you know, the traditional right and left. And that makes, you know, for even more of a, a chaotic political situation, which, play, as you say, Nick, plays right into the hands of Simpol. Because if you, you know, if you can get citizens behind a program like this, it makes us even more powerful, even more quickly. Because the politicians are, are are guessing, oh my God, well maybe I better sign up to this because you know I, I don't want any more I don't want any more sort of trouble than there already is, you know. So uh, uh, it's an interesting situation now. It's really really fascinating. Yeah, you mentioned uh, in in I don't know who who wrote that passage, but um, you you mentioned Arthur Köstler and um, his example of how amphibian laid their eggs on on the land so the, the yeah. reptiles could could develop well, he, he and, wrote uh, that bit that yeah. was a quote yeah what what arthur Custer was showing that in partaking in evolution there had to be found different uh, solutions for tasks simultaneously 
So, yeah. and, and, and yeah. if we take a bird's eye view on, on what's happening now, so, so we, we have this polarization, we have, we have simple as a, as a evolutionary proposal, so potential. to speak, put as a potential and everything coming up simultaneously. And we, we are, we, we are partaking on this evolution and we are yeah, agents of evolution. If, if we talk about it, if we, if we, if we engage in this yeah. kind of conversation. Absolutely. And, and that, you know, I mean, the whole, the whole um, evolutionary biology thing is, is, is something that, that started to interest, uh, interest me a lot. Um, uh, and and a lot of, uh, quite a few evolutionary biologists have, uh, are very supportive of Simpol, including David Sloan Wilson, uh, John right. Stewart. And because what, 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 what I discovered is that, you know, Simpol is actually nothing new. It's as old as the hill. The old as the hills, like you say, with the amphibian egg. Um, you know, it, 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 it had to happen simultaneously. You know, so actually what, what Simpol is articulating in our current age is, is really nothing new. It's just a re-articulation of, of what evolution has instinctively known all the way along. Did you, did you know Stuart Kaufman, and the biologist? I don't know him, but I'd love to be in touch with him. I know of him. Yeah, right. Because he has the, the whole idea of emergence and how in relatively short time new biological um, characteristics show up in a way. Yeah. So, yeah. And because yeah. normally Darwin is about long periods of time and how, so, but, but he is all about emergence and, and how that happens. It, I'd love to be in touch yeah. with him. Yeah. He's interesting. Yeah. And, and we're, do, we're doing an interview with David Sloan Wilson shortly, whenever actually we can find the right time. Right. Yeah. Because he, he, he's into it also. He's read the book and he likes it. And, and you're exactly right, Tom. There's this, when you talked about you know, being the agents of evolution, what, 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 what we realize at, at all levels, in all systems, the, very, the, the height of sophistication of a system is when it decides to engage in, in, in conscious self-regulation, for example, right. in the human body, you know. And, and, and that's just as simple as saying, oh, I need to take two deep breaths now. But th that is, that's a mark of maturity. So we're seeing that the sort of economic political body of humanity has got to make this, you know, movement to... Uh, th there's this maturity to self-regulate and, 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 and actually that's the way evolution wants it to go and, and then you, you just say, we just have to choose it now right. and that's why simple is very good in a way because it's, it's a very choosing kind of a thing you know it says this is what we want you know bang and, okay. and so it's in line with all those, all those principles uh, but just the question is whether we can, you know, get it going fast enough before, you know, before and before we. I personally, I wanted to get it going before we have a Mad Max scenario because that's that's not what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, evolution, it's not my favorite movie. Evolution will tell. No, but but where are we now? What is the status quo of of of, of well, the, the state? The status quo, Tom, is that we uh, we have. Um, you know, relatively few people working on this on a voluntary basis. So it's very um, informal. Um, 
We have national co what we call national coordinators in certain countries, uh, but everyone is working a bit part time, and you know they have, they have jobs, so it's 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 not professional professionalized. But despite all of that, um, like I said, in in the UK we already have sixty five members of parliament signed up. In Germany we have, we have eleven, I, I think. In in Ireland we have fourteen, I think. And we have uh, in Australia three or four, you know. So, in, in, and some in, the, in in the European Parliament we have a few. So it's beginning to, you know. I think I think the way I like to think of it is we've shown that the methodology works. What we need now is for consciousness to catch up, so that more people can actually get involved in this and understand a why it is necessary and b why it actually is a lot easier to have an effect than you, than you think. Right. I mean, we've also, I mean, just, just to give you an example, we've, we've had a couple of occasions where a single uh, citizen has signed on to the campaign. We've sent their email to their MP and the MP has signed up. One, just one person, mm. you know. So it's not, you know, it's not always the, you know, the, so I, I think I, I, I often tend to stress the, the, you know, the, the coercive potential of simple. But I often underestimate the common sense appeal. You know, I think many, many politicians yeah. see this, they, they, they get it, and, and they think, well, sure, it's a no-brainer, I'll sign up, you know. They just need to be I, told. I, I, think what we, I think what you can, what you, you, you're saying, John, is that really, that it's, it's already had it's been trialed somewhat mm. and and in terms of its trialing it shows that, that that in the initial stages it work it works uh, and and we, we we won't get another trial until we get a greater body of interest you know it now mm. needs it needs to go up a gear in terms of interest which is why we're hoping the book is a success and people will hear about it right yeah. and you can start to see when it starts become a kind of you know a more mass tool yeah um, and, and that's when you know, you know, people, you know what, you, what we what we were talking about earlier about you know experts coming on with with ideas for cryptocurrencies or other you know yeah. other uh tools that that could be brought into the picture you know but, I, like I, Nick I, says, yeah, we've, got, we've is, got to get there if, first if if we are seeking an, an audience i i think the um it uh it would be more successful to, to look at um, people at the right than at the left. Because it's like they, they, the people, they have to go, uh, they have to leave their victim stance and their victim narrative and their, you know, everything's bad happening to us and we are oppressed and la la la. And, and what, you, what you said that like yeah, from, now. From, from, from this um, communal thinking to, to a more individualistic thinking, well, I'm, 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 I'm a victor, I'm, I do this. I, I I do my pledge, and so I think it it, would, right. be, it would be better to to address I, I, those new, maybe newly found right people. Because you know, I I know a lot of people who were for for the most of their life were lefties, you know, and and then suddenly Jordan Peterson shows up. But it's not just Jordan Peterson. It's a whole movement culturally with people rediscovering their conservative and traditional values. And like I I talked. To, to a lot of people about that you know they they don't want to be part of this uh, victim narrative and this this whole postmodern mm. 
stuff, you know. So and and those are yeah. the people we 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 need to address. That's a very very good point, Tom. That is, I haven't really kind of thought of that in that way, but you're you're so right. I mean, what what I find just just trolling around YouTube is that most of the people who tend to be supporters of Peterson, for example, tend to be on the libertarian right. There you go. Hmm. And well, yeah. So that's good from what you're talking about, but economically they tend to be libertarians as well so they they will tend to be about free markets and so on the one hand you know so this comes back to what i was talking about right at the beginning about the, the individual and the collective dimensions and that both the left and the right have half of the picture exactly have a, a weakness on the other part and so, I mean, um, you know, talking to people on the right would be great because they're not victims. They're under, they would understand the, the, uh, uh, the um, self-starting individualism of Simpol. You know, that, that we, you know, we're not going to be victims. We've already got the power if we just use our grey matter. But where I think we would struggle is, is on, on, the, on the need for global, uh, for global regulations and, and so forth. You know, no, I get that, but but I think it would be interesting not to 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 address those original conservatives, but those from from left side who rediscovered yes, their, yes, so, so their, their 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 traditional conservative values. Absolutely. Can, How do we get to those guys? Yeah, that, I, mean, I, I think a lot of Peterson fans are those those uh, those people. Yeah. I, I think there's well, Pe Peterson himself might be for that matter. Maybe uh, I don't know. Um, I mean, we, we, we know me, some, Nick and I... I'm sorry, for me, for me, it's not about Peterson, because for me, he's a, yeah, yeah. a symptom of a cultural yeah. shift. So and this is why I, I say Peterson, but it's like there are lots of originally left-leaning people who suddenly are aware and, and, and able to hold both positions, you know, and, and are, are more equilibrized. So, yes, so, so yes. Say. Yeah, those are the people who would be great. That those would be our target people yes mm -hmm. definitely it's it's not surprising tom because it's in the model you see when you know if when when you when you get out of green and you get into yellow uh you you actually or what wilbur calls it integral you know because you you go back to including some of the other value dimensions such as the blue you know, which so that you you sometimes when you're giving a yellow perspective, you sound to someone who's in their rebel subpersonality like you're you're you know that you're a reactionary conservative, but you but actually you're not. You're right. saying let's hold this in the same basket, and and people will grow into that. That's the next phase. They will they will resist, but people will grow. So that group will get bigger, and and Peterson is a phenomenon which has been you know actually shows that up when when he gives permission for the things i mean been, I, i've spent the last 15 years doing my head in you know working with the difficulties in my profession of of the blind postmodern view yeah so suddenly it's all on youtube now so this is great uh, and and you know don't don't get me wrong peterson's got his limitations plenty of them too but 
you know, it's the next, it is the next thing coming. So how do we actually make it more but, attractive and, and, and get it? That, that's, thank yeah. you very much that you both mm -hmm. took the time. For no, this, I mean, thank this. you, Tom. You know, we don't often get asked to, to have a discussion. And so we, you know, we really appreciate being asked to, to, to talk. Great. Yeah. Great. So good luck with your endeavors. Yeah. If you enjoyed this episode of Ledger Conversations uh, and you want to support my work in this podcast, you can do so by using the Patreon link or the donate button from PayPal or you just can buy me a coffee. I will put the link below the episode. I want to thank everybody who already supports me. Very much appreciated. Uh, I hope... You tune in next time. All the best to you guys. Have a good one.